Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Oh, man. This season's getting good. So our favorite person wrote this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, when his name came across the, the screen after I watched the recap, I was like, oh, Mr. Z. <laughs> He's back. It's no, been and a you, while. In, in our notes, you just wrote Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not even bothering. Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Um, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out um on twitter at but why though pc and but why though podcast.com and oh my god our friend aaron just joined our network friend and listener um oh my god what's his podcast name again nerd nerd social Fuck. yeah nerd social club i think he yeah. uh he's been writing for but why though for a while and yeah. doing some of their comic book stuff and uh like the, their their reviews and then uh yeah nerd social club and that's nerds it's hard it, it's hard to hear the s in nerds because <laughs> social club and and i mumble sometimes so uh <laughs> but it's plural nerds social club on twitter and and different podcast and podcatchers and whatnot uh and uh, also on but why those website yeah welcome to the family um be sure to edit out the part where i didn't remember what his podcast name was yes that will not and that that, that part's staying out of our uh, i appreciate that (laughs) i might just Um, include just me saying that part's staying out out of our our outtakes yeah oh my god um yeah welcome to the family dude uh it's great to have you we're growing um i feel like there's like so many new writers and new podcasts every every week. Um, yes, and anyone else who can understand my Ducktales references is a part of <laughs> my communities. I uh, I enjoy. Oh my god, you should do write ups for Ducktales. <laughs> I, I should. It's <laughs> Nikki and I are talking about perhaps uh, doing uh, uh, when it comes back doing hot hot duck takes oh as a podcast. God. Oh my god. <laughs> So funny. All right. So this is season three, episode four, titled Devils You Know, written by our friend Paul Z, directed by Ron Underwood, originally aired October 20th, 2015. This We find out a lot of good stuff in this episode, or at least, I don't know. <laughs> We find out stuff that, that yeah, we find out stuff that if you listened to the spoiler section last time or the time before, then you got it. <laughs> I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't say anything. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> it's weird because uh, it's it's not even it's like a week before the one that's that's adjacent to Halloween, but it feels more like a Halloween one in some ways than the mm-hmm. next one. Like like because of the bad guy in this one and yeah. what you do. The hints and, and whatnot of what we what we see. Yeah. Um, so we are in North Hollywood and this powered dude, this inhuman guy, is making dinner with his girlfriend. They're making chicken and there's a knock on the door and she's like, Were you expecting someone? He's like, No. And they get all suspicious and they go to the door and it's the redhead inhuman. Her name is Alicia, which I think we found out last season. I think you looked that up, but I still forgot. <laughs> but she does have a name. 
Um, and she talks, she tells them how the Terrigen got out and, um, you know, they're, they're whatever, they're talking about how they need to band together, stick together, find their people. And um, the couple talks about how they saw Lincoln in the news. And I was going to say there's a, a mention of our favorite person. <laughs> yeah, of course. We can't leave him out of one episode. He has to show up somehow. So, yeah. Um, and they mentioned that they got a weird email. And Alicia's like, I didn't get an email. And then all of a sudden, Lash busts through the door and kills everybody. <laughs> well, Alicia is like not she's this is like a second body for her so she's actually with colson but lash does something to her that like freaks her out and then um colson sends um daisy and mac in and so they they go in and they run daisy just runs after the hole out through the hole in the wall that lash made and mac's like okay we're just doing this let's let's okay um and then I don't know how much longer this is later, but Colson, Bobby, and Fitz are at the scene at the apartment, and um, Fitz grabs the computer, and um, they're just kind of assessing everything. And um, Bobby is like, it's very obvious that she wants to go back into the field. Like she's, you know, like, oh, you know, they could use some help. Daisy and Matt could you, could use some help. Colson, he's like, yeah, but you're not cleared for combat yet. And she's like, yes, sir. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Daisy and Mac are trailing Lash. And uh, Mac is like, how did you talk me into this? I had my I had my garage. I had my tools. And now look at us. Now look at us. And um, they're like in this hallway and they hear a noise and they can't see anything. It's like super dark. And they're both like, yeah, I can't see, can't see. And Daisy's like looking like they're both just standing there. And Mac is obviously scared. And Daisy's like, well, do you want me to take point? And he's like, no, I'll do it. <laughs> like all reluctantly and starts walking ahead of her. Um, and uh, they open the door and it's the ETCU and they're like, everybody's pointing guns at each other and everyone's yelling. And then Rosalind comes out. She's like, okay, let's go. And Coulson's there. And Daisy's like, really? Um, we know you cut a deal, but like, uh, this is, this is not great. You're already calling them and, and Max not happy either. And um, we get this, this, um, this camera angle where it's very obvious that it's from another point of view and it's lash. Like he's still there watching all of this happen. And he like sneaks away um, back at the scene. Bobby finds hair in one of the victim's hands and she puts it in the wrong evidence bag. And Fitz gets very upset with her and he's like blue for biological. And she's like, blue means recycle. And he's like, no R for recycle. That's like red. <laughs> And they're like arguing over this stupid like this system that him and Simmons came up with for the lab for like collecting evidence. And it just shows how much he misses her. Um, and uh, Rosalind and Coulson are talking like, hey, you know, like we called you um, and like maybe we can let me see that secret base. And she's like, no. And they just they just don't trust each other. And she's like, well, how did you like even know these people were here? Like, and you didn't call us to let us know they like these aren't new inhumans. And he's like, she's like, are these Daisy's friends? And Colson just doesn't say anything. And they don't trust each other, but they're flirting. And so it's like this weird, like antagonistic, but also like playful, flirty relationship. And it's it's cute, <laughs> but it's also like, okay, just get on with it. <laughs> um, so uh, we go to, what are, I didn't write down where this was. 
Oh, so we go to um, the Hydra base and um, Ward and his henchman that I, I still don't know his name. I'm sorry. Henchman. Henchman. <laughs> He's... Is, it Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to remember that. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> I feel like he dies at some point anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Um, that's not a spoiler. I really don't know, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and feeling like a random henchman might die. It's not too far off base. <laughs> he is named Kibo. Kibo? Really? Yeah. Kibo. Yeah, K-E-B-O. I think it's Kibo. Maybe it's Kibo. Kibo. Okay. That's funny anyway um they're looking over these guns that kibo got from hunter and he's like talking hunter up toward he's like yeah you know this dude like would be really useful on our next mission and blah 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 um and ward's like all right we could do that so apparently hunter's gonna go on the next job with them and may is very frustrated with the lack of intel because hunter doesn't know shit he's like i don't know where i don't know when i don't know who and she's like you know nothing and they have this argument like this is not a good idea but hunter's super desperate he wants to get to ward before bobby gets back in the field like because i think he wants to take he's he wants to take ward out for bobby <laughs> um but also i think to protect bobby and may's just like dude this is not the way you go about this and i'm gonna save this for the spoiler section <laughs> next sentence no problem because <laughs> that's it's a little worrying anyway um at the base, we find out that the killer is inhuman. So the DNA that they get back um, from the scene is inhuman DNA. And Daisy finds that the email that the couple got has a virus, and it, the the virus is used to track was used to track their location. And so Colson wants Daisy to share this virus intel with the ATCU so they could see if they've come across it before. And Bobby and Daisy are like, "Why would we do that? That's a really bad idea. Like we grabbed the computer before they got to the scene for a reason. Like are they sharing intel with us? Like uh, this doesn't seem even." And Colson. And it's like, okay, just go do it. <laughs> and then um, Andrew is having a session with Gemma and he's trying to figure out what kept her going. He's like, you know, you hear these stories like about the Chilean miners that were trapped, you know, um, the ones that had each other, they kept each other going. But the ones that were alone, like they talk about hope and and faith, faith in, you know, God and all this stuff. And and she's like, you know, I I did give up hope. And um, he's like, oh, when was this? Did when when did you feel that? You know, he's like trying to like psychoanalyze her. Like, when did you feel that moment to like just get anything out of her? And he's like, Gemma, it's it's over. You don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to be scared. And she's like, you're wrong. It's not over. And Andrew leaves the session. He starts talking to Colson, and um. Colson's like, I know you can't give details. But he's like, yeah, but do not put her in the field. Like, she's not ready. She's had a lot happen to her, and she just doesn't want to talk about it. It's not great. And then Andrew gets upset um, about Alicia because he saw her in the containment room, like, all scared and stuff from her encounter with Lash. And he's like, I didn't approve her to go in the field. And Colson's like, yeah, she volunteered. Like, she's not one of ours. She's not part of the team. Like, she's an inhuman. She's been an inhuman for a while. And um, he's like, you're not here to just like, just approve everybody like <laughs> you're you're here to help set up a team. And Andrew seems really antagonistic about this. And they're like kind of going back and forth. And all of a sudden, May just shows up and they're both like, May, 
like Coulson's like, oh, dude. And then Andrew's like, oh, shit. Like, because <laughs> they, uh, if you'll remember from, it was the last episode of the episode before, um, he left May. Like, he broke up with her. So, awkward. Um, and May and Coulson are talking in his office, and she's worried about Hunter, and she needs Coulson's help because he's being very desperate, and he's going he's going to need help. Like, she's not going to be enough. Um, and Coulson kind of stops, and he's like, it's like you never left. And she's like, but I did. <laughs> and Coulson's like, please, like, if it's, you know, I'm really sorry Andrew was here, like, when you showed up. She's like, no, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We're professionals. He's like, yeah, but we're friends, too. Like... And I want you back. Like, if that means I have to work with somebody else, like, I will work with somebody else. And she's like, no, he's smart and he's who you need. Like, work with him. It's fine. Um, and Coulson just, he really misses her. And it's really sweet, this this moment of just, like, there's no one else like you. Like, I really need you. <laughs> and May's just like, well, I'm not back. Sorry. And she's like, but it's good to see you. I love, I love their relationship, mom and dad. <laughs> Um, and, uh, in the lab, Bobby is analyzing the hairs that she found on scene and the hairs are deteriorating before her eyes and Fitz like, doesn't believe her. He's like, can you double check this? And she's like, okay, I already did that. And he's like, just looking at her and she's like, okay, I'll do it again. And then Fitz finds this notebook at, um, Bobby's desk, which is Gemma's desk. And it's full of data about the monolith. And Gemma is walking by the lab and she walks in and sees that he's looking at it. And she's like, no, you're messing it up. Don't look at my stuff. And the notebook drops and the paper go everywhere and she like grabs it and runs away she's like stay away from my stuff and Fitz is like uh Bobby is there something you want to tell me and she's just like Gemma's like before Gemma leaves Gemma's like did you say anything to him and she's just like no <laughs> so something's going on and we know that Gemma's been looking into the monolith from the last episode Fitz doesn't know and he's frustrated that obviously Bobby knows something and isn't telling her and they're new besties so that's even worse <laughs> for him um Andrew runs into May in the hallway and is like, hey, uh, can we talk? And May just keeps walking. She's like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and apparently Andrew ghosted her like they had a great time in Hawaii and they were reconnecting and he just like didn't call her back, didn't like text her back or anything. And so she took that as like he wasn't interested anymore. And he's like, I want to talk about this, but not here. And she's like, no, I think we're good. Like we're even now. Like I did the same thing to you after Bob Rain and now you did it to me. So we're good. Damn. But that puts a different spin on things. Andrew ghosted her. Hmm. It doesn't seem like it jives with what we know about either of them. No, it doesn't, which is interesting. So um, Daisy uh, tells Coulson that the ATCU has encountered this virus before from the email. Um, she did go and talk to them, and this is what she found out, but they just didn't spot it. And Coulson's like, see, working together is great. And she's like, yeah, well, whatever. Um, and they find out that um, the virus... The source of the virus is this guy named Dwight Fry, and he works for Social Security. So he has access to, like, everybody's information, essentially. And um, Coulson's like, this is great. Like, we can we can find him. And he's like, wait a minute. Like, why didn't the ATCU know about this guy? Like, he works within the government, and they just, like, didn't find him. She's, like, super suspicious. And Coulson calls her on being, like, a conspiracy theorist. And she's like, look, are you just, like – 
ignoring things that you want to ignore because of Rosalind, like, and calls like they start fighting or arguing about like his relationship with her. And he's like, I see where this is going and I don't like it, like dadding her. And she's like, whatever, whatever. I see you flirting with her. <laughs> um, but they decide that they need to go get this guy and they're going to need the ATCU to help. So they team up um, and Matt Coulson and Daisy go to Baltimore and meet up with Rosalind and the rest of the ATCU. And they go into this dude, Dwight Fry's house and Daisy finds a terogenesis like cocoon. I called it a suit in the notes. I, couldn't, I couldn't remember how to spell cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she finds like a room with a bunch of computers and then she hears like a guy cowering in the closet. So she opens the closet door and he's hiding in there and he's freaking out and he's like breaking out in a rash and he's like very unwell. And apparently he's reacting to Daisy's presence and he's like, get her away from me. And so Rosalind asks if she would leave. And so she goes into the next room. And he mentions that he gets migraines and breaks out into a rash when he encounters other people like him, so other inhumans. And then they start questioning him, and Rosalind's like, "Oh, are you just you just work for the pit bull lap? You know the the guy with the dreads, the big monster dude? Uh, like you just tell him where these people are, and he goes and finds them. And then Fry tries to run um, after he's accused with being in in." In, in cahoots with this monster dude and he's like no his name's Lash and he just brings me names and they're like where does he find these names and he says divine inspiration <laughs> um, and he basically says that Lash is doing them a service like he doesn't want to be inhuman and he's not the only one and the only thing that helps him feel better is when Lash does his thing and he's just a guy trying to do the right thing Um. And they decide to take him in. The ATCU is going to take them, take him with them. And um, Daisy's like, look, Andrew could help this guy. Like, he needs to be coming with us. And um, they're like, look, we need to go see what their base is like. Like, this secret base, like, it can't be secret anymore. Like, we need to make sure they're handling their people correctly. Like, this isn't okay. So Coulson insists to Rosalind that Daisy and Matt go with them. And Rosalind agrees, but it seems a little shady. Like, she goes and talks to her people first, and then she's, she just agrees really quickly. She's like, okay. <laughs> and then they go with her, and it all seems fine. Back at the base, Bobby is on the treadmill rehabbing her knee, and Gemma shows up and tries to apologize, and Bobby's like, you don't have to. Like, I'm here complaining about this. I can't even imagine what you've been through. But she's like, but someone else wants to talk to you, and that's Fitz. Um, so please go talk to him because he's driving me insane. <laughs> like, she talks about how, like, Bobby doesn't, like, put the evidence in the right bags and Gemma is like well obviously like blue is for biological and then she's like but I could see how that would drive you nuts <laughs> um and um there's this nice transition where Bobby's like yeah but there's something else bothering me like I feel like Hunter's in trouble and oh guess what he's in trouble so Hunter is getting picked up by the Kibo the Hydra henchman, Kibo, and he's going on this mission with them, but he doesn't get to know where they're going and they make him get in the trunk, which is suspect. So obviously they're taking him somewhere secret. Um, and we go to the ATCU truck where uh, Fry is in the back and there's another agent back there. And then Bobby and Matt or Bobby, uh, 
Daisy and Mac are in the back. I'm so used to Bobby and Mac being like together all the time. I'm not used to Daisy and Mac being a thing yet. Yeah, last uh, season Bobby and Mac are definitely like they're they're a team up team. You know, they're yeah. partners. Yeah, and now it's Daisy and Mac. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, they're in the truck, and you know they're Daisy and Mac are just chatting away, and and they're talking about how they feel like they're going in circles, and they're like, oh yeah, they're probably just trying to clean up their base, make sure it looks good before we go there, and then all of a sudden Lash shows up and cuts a hole in the top of the truck, and uh there like all this fighting starts happening like mac gets knocked out the other agent gets knocked out daisy quakes at lash and it knocks the truck over on its side and lash drags fry out of the hole onto the street and fry's like look i didn't tell them anything i just told them you were being merciful and lash says i'm not merciful i'm necessary and he kills him he basically has this like crazy light that he just like puts over his chest and it like makes a hole in his chest it's nuts um and daisy is like starting to come to and she sees lash's shadow against the wall and she sees him transform into a man, which, oh shit, that changes things. Um, and uh, back at the base, Coulson is leaving to help Hunter and May. And Bobby walks out and she's like, where's everybody going? And Fitz is like, oh, um, they've got a lead on Ward. So they're going after him. And he's like, oh, you didn't know? Oh, that's tough when people keep things from you. <laughs> which, damn, Fitz. <laughs> Like he's such a brat no, sometimes. Yeah, that was re like that felt so childish, like and so snarky and passive aggressive. It was nasty. Yeah, but Bobby's and God, she Adrian Palicki has such good face acting. She just does this thing with her jaw in that scene, and it's just like, oh my God, she's pissed. And but she's just like, oh, she doesn't even have to say a thing, anything. Like she just well, and it's 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 a bit that hurts and stings. I think extra bad. Like it is really petty of him and, and childish, but it's also that they've just like shown that they become friends, and it kind of yeah. hurts worse. I think because of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Fitz feels hurt, but that's different. It's like Gemma can tell him when she's ready. Like obviously she didn't feel comfortable telling him yet. Whatever she's going to tell him. <sighs> Well, and like, it, it's he's like just you, hurt and yeah, you get where he's coming from, but it doesn't mean he's not being a snarky asshole. <laughs> yeah, like don't treat your friend Bobby like that, even though uh, whatever she doesn't deserve it. Yeah, she's just in the middle of an uncomfortable situation. Like, like, but but you're really mad at the situation. Don't take it out on her. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Uh, Hunter is taken to Hydra's base. They let him out of the trunk, and he, they're, this is like their base of operations. Like they're ready for anything, and and um, Hunter's like kind of looking around and he's talking with Kibo, and Kibo's like, "Well, you can talk to the boss right now, the director." They call him, and he has his back to Ward, but he knows it's Ward, and he's like, "Hey, I forget his name, uh, Richie, right? Something like that." I think that's right. It's his fake name. They're like, "Oh, hey, Richie." He's like, "Are you being shy?" And Hunter's like. Yeah, my name's not Richie. And he he sees a gun, he grabs it, he turns around and starts shooting. And then Ward starts shooting back. And there's just this big shootout scene. And it looks really bad for Hunter. And Ward's like, you really came here by yourself? And then May shows up. And Ward's like, oh, shit. <laughs> she, um, she's like standing on the rafters and she takes out all these dudes from above. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she takes out five guys, she says, like later in the scene. Um, she's when, like, oh, there and, were 11. I took out five. And he's 
oh okay <laughs> well i think he's even like oh yeah slow day <laughs> like he's messing it <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's pretty great <laughs> it is it's really funny um and then she calls for colson she's like where are you and he's like we're still 20 minutes out and um and she's like, that's too long. We need you. Uh, there's not a way for us to get out of here. And it seems like Ward has this plan. And so he's like kind of like doing this like nonverbal communication with Kibo. And he hands him a phone. And apparently they have a tail on Andrew. And he's like, let us go or I'm not going to call off my agents. They're with Andrew right now. And it's a camera, um, like a FaceTime of of them talking to Andrew. And um we in they're like it's not real it's not real hunter's like don't believe him like he's just lying it's like it's not real and then we go to another scene it's andrew in a convenience store and werner is there and another agent and it's real like they have a camera on him um and may's like hunter i can't it's andrew like i can't do it and hunter's like sorry and he just like goes in he shoots at ward they run away and he shoots ward in the back but they still get away and they like jumped out the window into this truck and drive off and Hunter sees that Ward gets away. He turns around and May is looking at him with this death stare. She's so pissed. She's just like, you just killed my husband. <laughs> and we go to the convenience store and all we see is a shoe on the ground and blood and stuff everybody everywhere. And there's like gas cans leaking and the lighter lights up and convenience store explodes and uh werner is running outside to go behind the car when it explodes and he has this like horrified look on his face and it's like are you horrified what are you horrified by did you just kill somebody or or what <laughs> what's happening um and the very end scene is Gemma's is in her room looking over her notes from that notebook and fitz knocks on the door and brings her tea she's like you don't have to fuss over me i'm fine he's like okay let's be straight what's going on like what is all this why are you still researching this like why like i i don't understand and she's like look i need to get back and i need your help and her last phrase is it's time i told you the truth and the episode ends there ah! <laughs> big cliffhanger for sure you can see like fitz losing his mind <laughs> like, what's happening yeah we are fitz in that moment like what is happening like when you this time i told you the truth oh it's so crazy it's gonna be really hard to talk about this episode without talking about spoilers so all i'm gonna say now just do spoiler section time because just go straight into spoiler that, section. Even that discussion thing is a well, is a spoiler. The, I, I guess I give you, <laughs> I'll do the one comics connection, which is one of my favorite kind of comics connections. Okay. <laughs> so uh, remember our friend Deathlock, who's this is the name Mike Perkins. Is it Perkins? Is that right? Peterson. 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 He's not the same as Mike Peterson in the comics. Mike Peterson in the comics is a teenager at this point, maybe a young adult who is best friends of a character named Slapstick. Uh, oh, that's right. And yeah, he uh, he's not he doesn't never becomes Deathlock. Never has a kid. Never even really is like shown as a full on adult, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just kind of weird uh, bit. But in this episode, we meet a character who is the uh, Inhuman with the uh, locating power or whatnot, who also uh, worked in an insurance. Uh, Dwight Fry, uh, who's played by a dude who's in. Uh, both uh, Supernatural and The Fast and the Furious. He plays pretty much the same guy in, in both uh, series. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Chad Lindbergh. But uh, 
the character of Dwight Fry is also another character uh, who is not an inhuman, who has no ability to sense inhumans with migraines and is not, I don't believe he works in insurance. He is, a, <laughs> he, he is also, because this guy uh, played by the dude from Fast and Furious I just mentioned, he's a skinny little dude. He, he plays like a little like redneck weirdo guy in Supernatural and plays like a little street, a, a street tough and the token white guy before, uh, Paul Walker and spoilers for the first Fast and the Furious <laughs> spoilers for uh, 18 year old movie he dies in it. yeah uh, so he's this skinny little white dude and in the comics Dwight Fry is a giant black man <laughs> who works for a group called Black Powers uh, yeah from an alternate Marvel universe called the New Universe in a book called DP7 he first appeared in DP7 number 15 in January of 1988 He's uh, created by Mark Grunewald and Paul Ryan, uh, two pretty prolific comic creators. Mark Grunewald, I mentioned before, we're talking about Captain America. He's created a bunch of those characters, like uh, Crossbones and a bunch of other characters as well, uh, and just wrote and edited Cap more than any other creator ever. But uh, yeah, they made there was a series called The New Universe where it was sort of like more mature comics and less traditional superheroes. It was a lot of stuff like. Like remember, like when uh, Buffy and, and Matrix people kept talking about, like in media, like about it being like superheroes, but no secret identities or secret identities are different, yeah. and then wear costumes. It was basically the same thing. It's like everybody has superpowers, but nobody nobody has code names the same way, and very yeah. few characters wore costumes. Occasionally they would, or eventually they sometimes they would, but the whole whole uh, series was a new. Uh, continuity and it was called the new universe and the idea was all at once in real time that was another part of the concept is the, the comics would exist in real time and so the characters would age and uh it happened in the 80s and it had a bunch of books that launched simultaneously and the idea was there was this thing called the white event and it's basically uh the premise of heroes about what uh, 20 years before heroes existed <laughs> or whatever uh, <laughs> so it was just the same idea where all these people got powers at once because there was this big event like instead of an eclipse, it was uh, it was the whole sky went white for a split second. Huh. And uh, he was a character who was called Bazooka, and he could exp ex uh, express explosive blasts from his hands. And he was a giant uh, U.S. Army vet superhero who was part of a group of black superheroes. <laughs> uh, called Paranormals. It was a mutants or whatever, and his codename was Bazooka. He's a member of Black Powers. Very, very different <laughs> yeah. from the Dwight Fry we met today. Honestly, like Mike Perkins, or I'm sorry, I keep doing that. Mike Peterson was intentional. Mike, Pe Mike Perkins, I think, is a comic book creator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like that, I know, was an intentional thing. Like they, yeah. they took that name and loosely based him off of him. This, I think, could just be a coincidence. It's the same spelling of Dwight Fry, so it came up like in my Marvel Wiki searches. But I don't, I'm not convinced this had anything to do with it because I just don't think anyone involved in S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point is going to take a, a character who would m more likely be played by Henry Simmons yeah. and cast him as that guy. And it has like, nothing what. to do with like yeah. social security or inhumans or anything. Yeah, he's not he's not a uh, a US Army vet from Wisconsin who is yeah. a you know a, a giant black man with explosive powers. This is a very different character. So I think it's a coincidence, 
but I thought it was still worth mentioning because it showed up in my search process. Yeah, <laughs> like, very like, weird. Super weird. Super weird, I think, random coincidence that there's only so many name combinations that uh, authors at Marvel are ever going to come up with. That can't. Like, somebody... But... Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> I don't even know. Like... That's not a common name. Like, there's no way Dwight that's a coincidence. Fry. Yeah, there's no way that's a coincidence. But also, like, they obviously did not base anything of this character off of. Maybe it was just character. stuck in somebody's head, or maybe it was just a list of names. Like, you just use any of these names because it's stuff that they knew that oh, MCU was never going to use. Like, which yeah. does make sense. They're never going to get to new universe, or they not for years. Phase thirty five. <laughs> they're going to start adapting yeah. the. But they're going to make. Dwight Fry, a skinny white guy that works yeah. for security. Okay. Super weird, right? Right. Um, that is really strange. <laughs> but I, I thought it was worth mentioning if just for the weird factor. Like, yeah. like that, that that's an that's a comics can be weird uh, adaptation thing, but not in not even sort of the way it usually is. <laughs> I like that. We're finding new ways that comics and their adaptations can be super weird. Yeah. Turn that turn someone who could be played by Idris Elba into the skinny comic relief guy who worked in the garage in Fast and Furious who owed money to, <laughs> to, to, to like the Yakuza and got himself killed. Oh my god. Oh. Um, so spoiler section time because this leads right into Lash. Um, yes. Because he dies by Lash's hand. He does and he works for Lash which is interesting. Um, so I was reading through the Wikipedia to get the director and writer information, and apparently Lash is played by a different actor than Andrew Garner, which I found interesting. It is interesting, but I guess it makes <laughs> sense, even though he's like clearly in good shape, like he's also kind of an older dude. Like it makes sense they just pick a guy who's like a bodybuilder or a wrestler type guy to play Rash. Yeah. Or Lash, I guess, because they're not gonna have the time to do uh, the motion capture and special effects like to the level that they do for you know, Hulk true. or whatever. That is but true. I, I do know what you mean because it feels like it wouldn't be that hard to make uh, Blair Underwood look, look like like a badass, you know, buff dude. Just give him he, some he, shoulder pads and like, you know. like yeah, A lot of that's to... makeup and hair anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, but like they can do an okay job on those shows with, if, as long as it's done in a limited fashion, but I guess they're picking and chooses, choosing their special effects. Maybe I did I think some of the special effects with him looked look pretty good in this episode. Like there was nothing uh, particularly egregious, no Lincoln's uh, rope light special oh, effects. God, thank God. Uh, so so uh, he was only mentioned in this episode. We just got one. They just had to mention him though. Good Lord. Like it's, it's part of the uh, contractual obligation uh, for their product placement with Campbell soup. Oh my God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> at least, at least it wasn't like Poochie level, like, like from the Simpsons. Like at least they weren't talking about him. Like he's awesome. Like they just, they just mentioned him. There was no like Lincoln would know what to do. Like, 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 there was no like Lincoln worship. I wish Lincoln was here. Yeah, he would yeah. know what to do. Exactly. Thank <laughs> oh God, God that didn't happen. We would have oh. grown. My God. But, but the so yeah, I know it was nuts. <laughs> so um so I will say that we this episode heavily for forebodes that Andrew is connected to Lash somehow. Like, but if like we don't know that, you wouldn't know that. 
You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. But, but like, I feel like it's super obvious. And like, I like I should have known or whatever. But and I think I did know because I came on literally with the next episode is when I started yeah. rewatching stuff. So like then I you know binged everything, but it took a little while to watch, you know, two and a half seasons or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like at the very beginning, like he's talking to Colson. He's talking to Colson about like how he didn't know about Alicia. Like he's like staring at her through the containment thing. And like because he didn't get her, <laughs> like he didn't get to kill her. And then he like he ghosted May. Like, where have you been, dude? Like you just disappeared. Yeah, the uncharacteristic behavior yeah. uh, with May is super red flaggy. Like, but at the yeah. time you just think something happened between them that we haven't seen, I think. Yeah. It's, it's probably what we would have assumed. I don't know. But now it's like, oh, some no, he yeah, he just totally cut off communication for some reason and then um the fact that he like that lash turns into a, a human a human and daisy sees that and also like when daisy's like lash could help this guy when they're like leading him to the atcu truck it's like yeah he is gonna help him but just not in the way you think <laughs> like it was well, and uh, like the fact that he you know even the silhouette like it morphs into a uh you know well-proportioned dude with a sh- short cropped haircut. Like there's only a certain number of characters he could be on the show. And I guess it could be most of them. Like, like I think at this point, you know, I, I guess it, uh, you know, it could be Hunter or Mac or whatever, if it was any cast member. Yeah. Uh, but Mac was with Daisy when this Right. Happened, and so we know where Hunter rolled is. Out. Yeah. Right. So like, <laughs> and Ward's hair is a little too long. Uh, Colson makes no sense. <laughs> like, but like, like, what are our other options? It would just be, a really, really weird shadow being cast of like Patton Oswald. Oh, <laughs> like also, I kind of wish they'd made one of the Koenigs flash. Like that would have been amazing. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. But so we find out that Lash like can't, um, he can't just find people. Like he has to use someone to find people. So I would, I remembered that differently. I thought that he, yeah, just I think, and I think in the comics, I think that might be one of his powers. I'm, I'm going to look that up just if if, if uh, the internet will let me. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I didn't remember this other dude being involved at all. Obviously, he dies in the same episode that he's introduced in. So maybe that's why. <laughs> but like... Which, I mean, that's he's he's like Sean Bean. Like He plays these skinny dudes <laughs> that just who die. help people like in, a, in an information gathering sense. It's like he was the tech guy and Supernatural. He helped the yeah. guys who hunt who hunt monsters across the, the country, all these different hillbilly uh, classic uh, rock radio modeling uh, brother uh, teams, like, like or whatnot, like the supernatural premise. Uh, he coordinates all of them with information on werewolves and whatnot. And uh, like it's, it's sort of a similar role. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he, yeah, and he dies. He dies in that. He dies in Fast and Furious. He dies in this. Like that guy's born to, uh, support someone in their role in, in a film or a TV show and then die and die off. <laughs> yeah. Which, which if you're going to do, make it a straight white guy. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I he like and Sean Bean are doing it. <laughs> but you called him Sean Bean. That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, I like totally forgot about this guy. I just assumed that Lash like could find people and deemed them worthy or not. But yeah. Um, God, it just... This this whole thing is 
Oh, and then at the very end, what I was going to talk about without trying to talk about it is like when the convenience store explodes and Werner, um, her, or what's his name? Uh, Von Strucker yes. is like running away. He has this like horrified look on his face. It's like, now I don't remember what happens because obviously Lash survives. Does he turn into Lash? Yeah, I think. Like to save I, himself? I think he turns into Lash and kills that guy's friends maybe. Yeah, like I don't remember what happens now. Because all I can remember is that before this season is over, Von Strucker sees what Hydra is and like yeah. is like, whoa, hey, I don't want to be a part of this because his whole thing when they meet up with him again in season five, he does not want to be a part of anything evil. They use the fact that he falls in love with the blonde girl. Yeah. To manipulate him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> That's a oh, whole man. thing. We, yeah, we just mentioned, I think, maybe the last time we recorded a couple weeks ago for us, uh, and maybe the last episode or the one before it, uh, I mentioned um, those Disney Channel movies that she's in mm-hmm. <laughs> with The Descendants. And one of her co-stars, this kid who was yeah. on the Disney Channel like, for the last like, 10 years, who was only 20, I think, uh, he, he was found dead. It's really sad. Like, yeah, he had a seizure. And oh, died in his God. sleep. Yeah, super sad. What's his name? Um, I, I can't Connor. Remember. Um, I forget. But I know I, I saw online that they were doing a bunch of like tributes to him because there's so much like he was like those. I mean, Disney uses those those kid actors like if if they find them to be successful, I think they use them pretty prolifically. So he was in a bunch of like sitcoms yeah. and like they have a bunch of material to support him and his fans. But like it is just like. Cameron Boyce is his name. Wow, they canceled the Descendants 3 premiere after his death. That's nice that they show the respect and gravity of it. It's like, like the, the, the red carpet yeah. event. Yeah, yeah. Not still gonna, like the actual still show. Put it, yeah. put it out. But no, it's it's just really a, a, like a, I don't know, a sobering wake-up call, I think, to a certain uh, uh, facet of our society, like like seeing the reactions from his fan base a little bit online, just being like slightly adjacent to it. Like I, I haven't seen tons of it uh, on my social media. I've seen a little bit, and I think it's interesting. Like because those people, even the people who aren't like aspirational or like unhealthily, I think uh, putting celebrities on a pedestal, who just really appreciate and really are invested in, I think you know their fandoms. It's like they just don't think this sort of shit could possibly happen to a young, healthy. It's like he didn't OD. He didn't, yeah. you know, get shot or, or it's, it's a lot like when Anton Yelkin passed away from the, Ugh. from the parking uh, brake accident with his car that had been re- recalled, but not uh, thoroughly. And yeah. it's like, that shit is just like, it's just random shit. Like a seizure while you're in your sleep, you know, yeah. parking accidents. Like that's, it just makes, makes people realize. I think that no matter how much security we fragile. think we have, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah the crapshoot and it's it's really so, sad but so this is really off topic and it's really like not um respectful of the topic that we're talking about <laughs> but I, that's okay we can transition so i what I, I couldn't remember his name so i googled literally disney death because like, oh, that's no. gonna that's gonna pop up okay people this is what came up and the people also ask has anyone ever died in disney world is Walt Disney still alive? <laughs> that one's pretty great. <laughs> when did Walt Disney die and how? And what was Walt Disney's cause of death? Which I don't even know what his cause of Well, lung cancer. Great. <laughs> did Walt Disney have a son? Oh, my God. 
Have several people have died or have been injured while riding attractions at Walt Disney World theme park since 2001. Disney has been required to report incidents to, to state authorities. Now I'm going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. How many? My friend Adam <laughs> uh, was on a ride where somebody passed away. Holy shit! At Disneyland, he and his he was there for a family vacation. I think it was in the winter. I know it was in the early 2000s. But uh, someone was really badly injured, and some other someone else uh, had died. But it was like an accident on, I think, on the the pirate boat. Oh damn! It was no good for the riverboat. It was no, no good for sure. Oh, and someone's died on a parking lot tram. A one year old girl. That's really sad. Ooh, I mean, that's you got to think like that. That stuff's better regulated. Like I know I read pretty recently about some like within the last year about some, some like East Coast like county fairground uh, roller coaster accident, and it was like. This is a roller coaster that like had like wooden parts still. Like it was like the Ooh, sh- yeah. like the same like shit it was in like the seventies or whatever. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> like, even if it was built right then, which who knows? Like, it's still way too old. Like you think there's just no way to maintain that if it's made of wood yeah. and from 1970, you should tear it the fuck down and yeah. build it with metal. Like, yeah. or just not do it. But oh man, that's that's grim. And it, but but it it does bring me to a still pretty not, not a good thing but a less messed up thing less sad thing uh but a connected digression i heard someone mention it and then i saw it and you know, on twitter yesterday like a week after hearing someone mention it and thinking about looking it up but never getting around to it but i guess this last week there was an awful fight at toontown in disneyland yes there was that was insane yeah that guy beat the shit out of like two women and, yeah. and like think like like the way I heard it described, I thought like nobody stepped in, but there were plenty of people involved. Like, like they I, tried, I'm sh- yeah. It, it, it took, all happened really fast. Like it I took think security people... forever to get there. It felt like. Yeah, that's the part that was nuts because, like, even if everyone on their phone wasn't calling the police or security or whatever, there was like a janitorial staff member, and you got to think that they like Your immediately radio, radioed yeah. in, like before they tried to help. But I like that was like I'm just always amazed to see like a full grown like. Oh, like well over six foot man, like punching a woman in the face repeatedly in public. Like, it's like, how the fuck does anyone think that that's ever okay? Like, I know that people are abusive and awful and shit, but it's just like, like it's just insane to me that that guy didn't think like I'm going to prison now or, or at least jail like overnight because this is insane. You can't just in the middle of like one of the most public places in the world assault someone because you're offended or whatever. Yeah, it's. It's bad. It's really bad. That fight was really bad to watch. Yeah, I only saw like like a, a short piece of it that just automatically started playing. But it was what I saw was gruesome. <laughs> like like, ugh. and yeah, uh, the, those uh, that had to be weird as, as shit to like for everyone around and just like awful for everyone in that party and scary and like it. It was crazy to me though because I heard it like in mention of discussion about the star Wars land about uh, uh, galaxy's edge and it's overcrowdedness or whatever. But it's like, is that what it's about? Like, are people just on edge because they're super crowded or was that just shit they brought to the park? Like, I don't, I don't know. So but, I, um, talk, I went to dinner with some friends on Friday night and they go to Disneyland pretty often. And they said that like Disney's, um, Disneyland's, um, uh, population there what is the word that i'm looking for attendance attendance count has been down because everyone thinks that it's going to be crowded that's what i heard from someone <laughs> else actually uh, of, um oh i can't remember where i was but it was some just uh elderly woman dressed 
in everything Disney who was there with either <laughs> with, with, I, with either her partner or friend or whatever, but who also was like same same age range. Also, just like they were Disney fans, and they were I think it was yeah. at the pharmacy, and they were checking out before me, and they were they were just talking to the woman at the front counter like about yeah uh, about, about Disney, and and I think they said the same thing that, that like they've that their days have been uh, blacked out, and this year to coincide with uh, Star Wars Land, but they're on the cheapest. California resident tier and you can't even get it anymore. It's like less than 400 bucks a year. Yeah. It's, it's very limited, but and they've been grandfathered in because they were, yeah. they, they got it like 15 years ago or whatever. But I think I was on the second cheapest one when I first moved here and it's gone, it's more expensive now. And it was like 620 bucks, you know? So yeah. like 300 something sounds awesome to me. I'll take the summer being blacked out, whatever, but, 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 uh, but she was talking about it and she said that days that they'd already blacked out, which and it increased the number of days she didn't have access to, I think in anticipation of demand for galaxy's edge, uh, the days that were blacked out at the beginning of the year on the schedule, she, she's been sent emails, like giving them an incentive saying you can come on these blackout days now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's the same thing you were saying, which is interesting because then I see people online on Twitter, like showing how crowded galaxy's edge is. And I wonder, is it just galaxy's edge? Yeah. Is it just the star Wars fans are crowding it, but everything else is empty because no one's going to Disneyland who wants to see anything else because they're afraid of galaxy's edge. Yeah. That sounds exactly like what's happening. Cause they, I mean, my friends went to galaxy's edge and they said it was really cool, but they said that like the lines for everything else was like nobody. <laughs> like that sounds interesting. I, yeah. I heard somebody, I can't remember who, but somebody put it like best observing some of the discussion of it. Cause like, we're just talking about it and interest in like, this is interesting. And I've seen other people doing the same thing, but I've also seen people either trying to prove or disprove it. Like mm. no one's coming because star Wars sucks now. And oh then everyone's coming and Disney is crazy. Cause everybody loves star Wars. It's like, who gives a shit? Like you don't get anything either way. No, <laughs> you know who's getting money? Disney is. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> and I just don't understand. Like, like, and like also like a a, a a a pretty, I don't know. It's related everything because it's all we're all owned by Disney <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> and we we and we're talking of this show is you know uh, Shield is an adaptation of of something that Disney purchased. You know, it's a Disney adaptation of a comic book. So it sort of relates. But like people complain about all these different adaptations and and specifically the film remakes. And I'm fine with not liking them. And like there's absolutely merit in some of the general criticisms of them i think is a concept like but just in general we have a reboot remake culture and yeah. also that's nothing new like every no. every version of peter pan and robin hood and sherlock holmes is a remake you know that we've any of us have seen it's like it doesn't really it, well, like even like scarface the version that people like and the people are familiar with is a yeah. remake yep. <laughs> like so I, I just I don't think that there's any intrinsic value or lack of value in that. And like the complaint about the Disney stuff, like it just it's a rabbit hole that I don't think there's any end to because what are, what are people's criticisms? Like I've, I literally read somebody like, well, the, originally there was artistic intent. No, there was never like the original Aladdin was not meant. Nobody was like, I have to tell this story through a cartoon. It was, no, it was like the guys who made Little Mermaid were like, I want to make a bunch more money. <laughs> it's fine like, like like it's okay to still love that stuff like i'm not at all being down on it that way i love tons of disney stuff but from the beginning walt disney stole from ub iWorks. he fucked him out of his job like three times made him go and work to other animation companies until he had to come crawling back repeatedly and finally did and worked well into an age he should have been in retirement and and he 
from the very beginning, the guy whose name was on the thing, who sold the narrative of I had a story I wanted to tell has been manipulating artists and making money off of them. And it's a, it's a capitalist endeavor and pretending that some sort of corporate allegiance is a good thing. Like just like what you like. Like I like a lot of Disney properties, but me liking Marvel or DuckTales doesn't make me better than people who don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not loving the current DC stuff doesn't make, me better than people who love it. It's like who gives yeah. a shit? Like everybody just needs like, to calm down. Like what you like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna make it no matter what. So you, if you like it, great. If you don't, you don't have to watch it. <laughs> That's, uh, I heard Kamal Bell say recently, uh, not in terms of like caring about. He he did relate it to like fandom stuff a little bit. Uh, he was talking about culture, but he was talking more about uh, problematic stuff. You know, he's like everything. Is, is at least a little bit problematic. Like just mm-hmm. the problem that he finds that especially straight white dudes tend to get into, but just a lot of people in general, they get defensive. He's like, that's the part, part where you just need to stop. It's like, it's fine to like the problematic stuff you like. It's like I like problematic stuff, but I don't yeah. defend it because I'm not right. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like it's, it's just acknowledge absolutely... that it's problematic. Yeah. And, and it's just fine. move on, move on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love The Mummy. That is ex- an extremely problematic <laughs> movie. The 1999 Mummy. Like, we all know I love that movie so much. But it 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 doesn't cast actual Egyptian actors as or Arab actors in this film. Yeah, it's Oded like Fair is the only one who's... And he's Israeli. Right. He's, he's like the only not... person who, but who's actually Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah, but he's not even, like, Egyptian. Like, they... they they have it's like a white savior film that uses like e- Egyptian mysticism without crediting any Egyptian artists. Like it's it's massively problematic, but I love it so much. It's such a great film. But you're not gonna try and explain to anyone why they're wrong to to tell you it's problematic. It's just like oh, that no. should be but that should be the extent of the conversation. It's like, hey, did you know Mummy's problematic? Like, yeah, I did. Yeah. And that's but it. I still, but I still <laughs> love it. It's like I I love uh, Teen Wolf, but there is a moment where his best friend is like Oh, you're a werewolf? Thank God. I thought you were going to say you were a faggot. It's like oh. that happens in the movie. He doesn't just say that word. That happens. Like, I think they say it like three times in Teen Wolf. Like, like, like they say it too many times in 80s movies. That, yeah. that word is used, oh, overused. I know it was the era, but still, they lean on it way too hard. But like, it's also the context. It's like literally like, oh, thank God you're a, you're a literal like monster storybook monster <laughs> yeah like thank god you're one of the universal monsters <laughs> like you're the wolf man because at least you're not gay that i couldn't that's deal with terrible, like, like that yeah. yeah it's so terrible it doesn't ruin the rest of the movie for me it doesn't make me want to cancel michael j fox <laughs> like because he was in that movie when he was 18 <laughs> you know it's like but i do acknowledge that it's super problematic and it doesn't age well <laughs> yeah. like, shit from 10 years ago doesn't age well yeah iron man the first (laughs) iron man extremely problematic doesn't age well (laughs) absolutely but did we love it at the time yes i watched that movie so many times i loved it but even like fight the concords i love it and and psych i love like like those are two like great great shows but there's still moments every time i've ever rewatched them where like the characters are like ooh, like like, like they, they, they wince at the idea that someone might think that their bromance is gay and it's like, guys, like this was 2006 or whatever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, this isn't Bosom Buddies era, you know, or uh, or any of those, or Three's Company where you had to pretend to be gay or whatever. Like, like, like th- that shouldn't be a punchline anymore. And I don't think any of those people are like homophobic. It's just like this stupid 
like joke, like, like cultural yeah, joke. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it comes from like a schoolyard mentality yeah. from like people who grew up in the eighties or earlier that I think thankfully there's less and less of with, with older or, or with newer generations, I think. But those people who are like you know, my age and your age and a, a little bit older, like it's like, I don't think a lot of them are even like, like filled with like hate filled shit in their heart. They just don't even realize they've been desensitized to that to like think that that's comedy. It's like, I was like uh, Eminem uh, defending using uh faggot. I remember and being like, no, 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 I don't mean it that way. I just mean it like on the street. That's the worst that you can call a person. It just means an awful thing. I'm like, yeah, but that's because of the insult. Of, like, yeah. You're saying that gay people are the worst that you can call someone. Like yeah. it's awful. Like you can't, you can't separate the two. Yeah. You can't separate a slur from it being hateful. It doesn't make any sense. That's insane. But God. I don't know. Uh, basically, uh, our long diversion. I think it's okay to like awful Disney shit, except for like you can't like the song, the song of the South. <laughs> you can't like the, just, <laughs> you can't like openly racist shit. You can still like uh, a Splash Mountain. Although, why the fuck did that happen? That opened yeah. in like 1990. Like, like what? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. It's not great. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean is not great either. There's like rape in Pirates. No, they. I think finally they've made they've like replaced the fat, uh, you know, woman is now in power and isn't being chased by food. No one is, or oh, chasing good. for food. No one is is uh is under the threat of rape the- any, anymore. But they great. keep changing it, and then some small faction of assholes, like always, complains because they changed it, and it's like. Shut up. Like, just they're either going to get rid of it or they're going to try and make it socially acceptable. Although, to be fair, too, you still got Johnny Depp's face in a bunch of them. And that feels fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Even though they don't work with them anymore, they they haven't scrubbed them. And I kind of wish they would. Well, J.K. Rowling still wants to work with him. So whatever. Um, Before we diverge onto talking shit on J.K. Rowling, I think we we could do. (laughs) Yeah, we could definitely for another hour. Um, I think we should end here. Um, (laughs) Our spinoff podcast where we rail on J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, People can find me at I Snow Nothing. Still haven't out, changed it yet, outward. huh? <laughs> I haven't. I feel like enough people who I've tried to explain that to are like, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Maybe I'll just keep it. Well, and like, I don't know what I would change it, if I should change it back or come with something different. I don't know. But uh, for now, I'm still, I still nothing on Twitter and I'm, I guess I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I have an Instagram account and, and like a couple times a month, I'll see that people have been like oh this person requested to follow you i'm like okay but i don't really use it or look at it i should i hear better like everyone who i know who uses it yourself included has more positive things to say about it than twitter (laughs) yeah i feel like as an artist you would appreciate it or at least enjoy posting there i think other people have suggested that as well i I should give it a try (laughs) uh where can people find you if they're finding (laughs) you online Uh, You can find me on all the things at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, not Spotify yet. And then if you're a browser listener, you can use Podbean or you can listen to us at butwhythopodcast.com. I almost got through that perfectly. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. 
to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.